Welcome back to another week of the Read Scripture Podcast, and we're back together after an amazing week of reading the scriptures. Uh, for, for those who are new, understand that we're reading through the whole Bible, all of us together. We're reading several chapters every day, and uh, and this is our time where, where I just kind of share some of the thoughts that I've gotten from the scriptures. Some days I'll be interviewing other people and asking what they got. Um, it's our time to almost uh, almost fellowship uh, over what we read, and, and 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 I sure hope, man, I sure hope that you're reading the scriptures, and it's, this isn't a replacement for that, um, because then that would be the exact opposite of what we're trying to accomplish here. We are trying to get everyone reading the Word of God by themselves, alone, studying the Bible, enjoying Jesus deeply. Um, to where it's not just a chore, not just something where you got to, you know, make sure I can click that button and finish it, you know. Uh, We have an app, the Read Scripture app. You can just download that at iTunes. Um, And you can track your reading, so you make sure we're all on the same day, on the same page. And then we can talk about it during the day, and then once a week, I'll be throwing out this podcast and throwing out some insights that I got, um, or interviewing other people and the insights that they have. But please... Please find a place uh, where you can just tune everything out and be alone with Jesus and his word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Whether that means going on a hike and that would take some effort. Uh, Maybe there's times when you just actually even get away by yourself for a weekend and retreat just with him. I know for me, uh, a few months ago, it just got so noisy in my house that I, I built a little shed in the backyard where I go every morning just to be alone with God when I'm home. But but there's other times when I've I've been in McDonald's, you know, and, and, and able to tune out all the noise around me and just sit there with the Word of God and my Egg McMuffin and, and have a time of worship even in the busyness or when I'm driving or in an airplane or Our whole goal is that people will begin to love the Word of God and not always need a middleman or someone else there explaining it to them. So so please don't let this replace your time with God. Uh, Our whole hope is through this to show you how... uh, how edifying, how simple in some ways it is just to read through the scriptures for yourself and uh, and grow closer to Jesus through it all. Now, this last week, we, we finished up the book of Matthew in our reading. And, and what I found is this is a huge, huge fight um, for those of us who've been Christians for a while. Like, see, I've been a Christian for about 35 years now. And what I mean by this was a fight for me is these are passages I am so familiar with and concepts that I'm so familiar with that it's easy for me to just kind of read them through and go, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, here comes the resurrection part or here comes the crucifixion part. Uh, These are huge things. And so it's a fight for us. It was a fight for me anyways to, to make sure I don't allow these sacred, like, sacred, holy, most amazing news, you know, like these, these, these thoughts to become common, like, oh yeah, here comes the crucifixion part. Here comes the Garden of Gethsemane. And I caught myself like skimming over different parts and not giving it the weight that God would want me to. 
And uh, so this is this is a fight. It's a fight for us to keep the sacred from becoming common. I mean, Matthew 24, he's talking about the end of the world. Okay, did, did you catch that? Like the, the end of everything as we know it is going to just end. Has that become normal for us? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I learned that when I was a kid. Or I learned that years ago. I've heard a, a, a hundred sermons on that. Don't let that become normal to you. Listen to what Jesus says about the end times in Matthew 24, verse 9. It says, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. You'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved okay this is this is pretty major i i mean he's talking about uh the end he's talking about how there's going to come a time when when people will fall away and betray one another about false prophets coming out he's talking about the end times when he says there's going to be this increase in lawlessness Okay, just like the period of the judges, just like so many times when Israel disregarded the law of God and they just did whatever was right in their own eyes. This is in the end times, everyone's going to say, well, I think this, I think this, I think this. And they could care less about the stuff we're reading, about the actual laws of God. And, and when they prefer what, what they want over what they read in the scriptures, they're going to go with what they want rather than what they see written. And he says, because that lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Again, that's why we're reading this. It's like, no, I'm not going to be one that's going to go with my feelings, my desires. I'm not going to go with the lawlessness that I see around me. I'm going to endure to the end. If it's just me and this book, well, so be it. I can do this. I mean, Jesus is talking about the end times and he talks about how this could happen at any time and, and you don't know when. Like in verse 36, he says, concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. You've got Jesus explaining, look, remember the days of Noah? Everyone was just doing their things. And he doesn't even mention anything majorly sinful there. He says, you know, they're marrying, they're, 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 they're giving in marriage, they're eating, eating, drinking. They're, they're just doing their thing. And then this flood comes and sweeps them all away. And he says, that's the way it's going to be at the end. People are just doing their thing. They go out buying a car. They're, you know, mowing the lawn. They're, uh, you know, taking the kid to school. They're, they're, they're on their commute to work. And then suddenly, boom, it just happens. 
is this old to you? Do you go, oh, yeah, yeah, I knew that. Or do you go, okay, man, this is real. Jesus said this in such a way to warn us that it's like any moment, any moment, there, there seems like this imminence to it. This, this, like, it could happen any moment. Like, have this stuff stir you. And, and then he says some frightening words about the end uh, when he's talking about the wise the the faithful servant um, versus the the servant who who isn't faithful uh, in verse 50 he says the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he does not know he will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth I mean, these are harsh words in the next chapter you know uh in verse 30 of chapter of chapter 25 and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth verse 46 these will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous into eternal life jesus uses such terrifying verbiage like cut him into pieces, throw him into outer darkness, you know, weeping, gnashing of teeth, uh, you know, eternal punishment. Like, why is he using such harsh terms? I mean, it's a warning. It's a warning in love. I, I do that with my kids sometimes. It's like, hey, you disobey mom right now. And, and you just watch what happens to you. I mean, you, you won't see a TV screen. You won't, won't see an iPad. You, I mean, you, you want to test? You know, I, I'll warn them, like, you really don't want to do this. And that's what Jesus is saying here. And it's not, a, it's not like a bluff. It's not like a, a, a false, like a, a threat. It's, hey, here's truth. But I'm saying it in, in the most clear way possible to show you, look, don't let your love grow cold. Follow me. It's going to be so worth it. Don't go this other way. It could happen at any time. Um, then you move from there. I mean, that's so... I mean, how do you even move on from that? Uh, let that sink in. Let that be sacred to you today. That, okay, let me live as though he could return today. Because I don't want to just be doing my thing like the days of Noah. Um, then you jump to the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, where you have Jesus, I, I mean, don't lose that. I mean, don't lose the betrayal, the garden of Gethsemane, verse 38. Think about Jesus saying these words. Uh, Matthew 26, 38. He said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to the point of death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Okay, again, I know most of you listening to this have heard these words before, but picture your creator, the Son of God, saying, gosh, my soul is so sorrowful. Man, I am dying right now. I feel like I'm dying right now. Just just the mental anguish, you know, where, where other pastors talk about him sweating drops of blood, and he cries out to, after he falls on his face, he cries out to his father, is there any other way? If there's any other way, then do it another way. 
Like, like, let this cup pass from you. I mean, going to the cross, facing your rejection, taking on the sins of the world, being rejected by my own. Is there any other way? He's begging the Father. And yet he's saying, but not my will, but yours be done. Worship him for taking that on for your sake. Don't let that become common. And then we read in Matthew 27, verse 28. It says, They stripped him, put a scarlet robe on him, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, king of the jews and they spit on him and they took the reed and they struck him on the head and when they had mocked him they stripped him of the robe and put on his own clothes and led him away to crucify him god may we never be able to read those words callously flippantly and without any emotion. Something is wrong when we can read those words, hear those words, and not just have our souls leap and worship. They writhe in, in, in some sort of pain of, of picturing, picturing human beings taking the Son of God and mocking Him like that. A crown of thorns? And, and then, then bowing down before him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, in mockery? And then spit. imagine people spitting on the Son of God, taking the reed and striking him on the head on that crown of thorns, and, and then, then, then mocking him, just taking his clothes off, and then leading him away to crucify him. And Jesus crying out on that cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Amazing, amazing passages as we dwell on what Jesus suffered for us so that all the garbage in our life could be wiped away, all the things that we feel sick about. He took the punishment for that on the cross. He took that ridicule, he took that shame for us. And then you come to the resurrection. I mean, how in the world in a few minutes do I cover all of this stuff? Now we're talking about him rising from the dead and giving us this command. And I sure hope that every day as you're reading this, you're talking with other people on the same reading plan and, and talking about these things, worshiping Jesus for these things. Because again, this is just a quick summary. This is just pointing out a couple things that jumped out to me this week. But but hopefully we're we're talking about the word throughout the week with our friends because there's just too much to talk about. Um, I guess the thing that jumped out to me at the very end that you know how sometimes you read something over and over but then some new piece like like screams out to you that you go wow 
I've seen that a thousand times and I, I never noticed it like that or it never it never hit me like this. But it was that phrase at the very, very end of Matthew where after he gives that great commission, he says, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you always to the end of the age. It, it was that promise that I just got stuck on. I thought, wow, he's with me. He's with me. So right now, even as I'm talking, as I'm speaking of this microphone, is, is Jesus really with me? Wherever you are listening to this, is, is, is he truly with you? I mean, a thought of that promise, like that's, that's the biggest thing. That, that's like the greatest thing on earth is to think that God is with you. That Jesus is with you. I mean, I mean, this was the motivation to go and make disciples and baptize. It's like, and I'll be with you. And behold, I'm with you. You're not doing this alone, but don't you want to experience my presence with you as you go out on this mission? I mean, what, what if he said, okay, if you go and do this, I promise I will make you a billionaire. I promise that. Would you go, are you kidding me? A, a billionaire? Okay, okay, then I'll go do it. Or, or, or what if he says, you know, I'll, I'll make you the most famous person on earth. Uh, you have the most Twitter followers. You're the most, you, you know, or, or, or I'll give you the most amazing spouse that loves you deeply, you know, till the day you die and you'll have kids that love you and follow. What? Or he says, I'll be with you. Like, think about that. What, what would you rather have? See, all through the Old Testament, remember how we studied that and, and how that was the X factor. That's what separated one person from everyone else. It would say the Lord is, was with him. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with David. The Lord was with Daniel and Shadrach, Misha. He, he, was, he was with them. And now this is the promise carried on in the New Testament, carried on to today. This is what he's telling his disciples. I'm with you. Now, now who's with you? You got to remember the one who created you right there with you, like the creator of the earth and everything in it and every person in it. And, and the creator of all of the invisible beings that we can't even see, like he is with you me the sustainer who's keeping me alive is with me the one that did all these miracles that we just read about healing the blind the deaf casting out demons raising people from the dead the one who rose from the grave is right here like literally with me the one who's going to come back and judge i mean imagine the judge that you're going to face one day, but right now for him to be with you and you to have relationship with the very one who judges you at the end. What could be better than that? 
And, and, and who's with you? The one who emptied himself. Think about what he did for you. Like he didn't consider equality with God something to be held on to. Philippians 2 says he was up there with all the angels bowing down to him. And he's in the presence of his father. And, and he emptied himself, made himself nothing. Ends up in a garden screaming out to the father with his face on the ground, sweating drops of blood and going, God, is there any other way but not my will, yours to be done? And then, then he's mocked and crucified. That God who went through all of that says, I'll be right next to you. I'll be with you always. And then it's that Jesus who rose from the dead and says to his disciples, you go now, tell the whole world what I did for you, and I'll be with you, always, even to the end of the age. So you can make this, endure to the end, don't let your love grow cold, I'm with you. And that is a better promise than anything. I sure hope you listen to that and say, no, I, who cares if I have the whole world? Who cares if I have a family that loves me? Who cares if I'm healthy and live to a hundred? If I don't have Jesus with me, then none of that matters. See, this is the stuff we've been reading in Matthew. And I, I hope as you go today that you, you sense his presence with you. You recognize that he could return in visible form at any moment and you long for that because he's with you constantly. This is what this whole thing is about, is for you to get alone with Jesus, recognize that he's with you, and read his word in his presence every day. So don't let the things that happen that are temporary get you down. Don't let the physical get you down. Focus on what you have eternally. Focus on the fact that Jesus Christ is with you always, even to the end of the age.